Won't you come see about me? I'll be alone Dancing, you know it, baby Tell me your troubles and doubts Giving me everything inside and out And love's strange, so real in the dark Think of the tender things that we're working on And so slow change may pull us apart When the light gets into your heart, baby Don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't you forget about me That was a little bit of Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me. And you know who is an unforgettable presence? Is my pal, Josh Adam Myers. That's right. Love that dude. He is our guest on Jeremiah Wonders today. Very happy he's doing the show. We have so many good road trip memories that we share. Uh, we talk a lot about music, his new podcast, The 500. A lot of good stuff, guys. How are you guys doing this week? Did you uh, shake off that post-holiday <laughs> slug feeling? Felt like all week at comedy shows, the energy was just a little bit low, just from people being like, all right, I guess we're <sighs> got a few more weeks to go before Christmas, and got to start gearing up for that, so uh, we'll see. Hopefully this puts you in a good positive light Yes, we're back, guys. And guess what? The Cat Burglar t-shirts, they're about to go. They're about to go back to the Watkins vault. You have to get them this week because they start shipping out. The order goes in on December 8th, so you have to get them right now. This is your last chance before they go back into the Watkins vault. Get them at jeremiahwatkins.tv slash shop. You won't be disappointed. I'm also looking for a saxophone sponsor for this show. I don't know if a company is out there that wants to do it, or maybe it's a, a uh, an independent music shop that's will, will, willing to you know bet on your boy. If you want it plugged on here and kill Tony on a weekly basis, uh, you'll get it in front of a lot of people if you want to sponsor me. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking to upgrade uh, and replace the, uh, the alto saxophone that I've been playing since third grade. So uh, yeah, there's a new uh, email for the show. Email jeremiahwonders at gmail.com um, if you want to support the show. I have a saxophone fund that there's a PayPal donate button to at jeremiahwonders.com. So anything that you donate now to jeremiahwonders.com, there's a PayPal donation button that will go towards getting your boy a new sax. Ready to upgrade to that professional status, baby. Yeah. I want to get into the kindness challenge this week, guys. Yes, I uh, want to read you. Uh, I don't, I've never met this guy who I'm about to read his letter to you. If you don't know what the kindness challenge is, every week I challenge you guys, the listeners, and myself to do something nice out of the kindness of your heart for a stranger or somebody that you know. It can be something big. It can be something small as long as you're putting some positivity out into the universe. And this one I enjoyed. I feel like uh, it should be shared. So I'm going to read it in uh, what I assume. Uh, maybe uh, you know, I started to wonder what this guy sounds like. So I figured I'd give him a voice, read his letter, and share it with you guys right here, right now on the podcast. Hey, Jeremiah. I'm a longtime listener to Kill Tony and been listening to Jeremiah Wonders from the beginning. Anyway, I wanted to write in my kindness challenge this week. 
My wife and I have apartment neighbors, which we share a wall with, that have had domestic issues. The cops have been called on them twice in the past two weeks because their fighting has gotten out of control. Everyone in the building is aware of their issues and it has been a burden on most of us, as the police have been informed us to keep an eye on them and not hesitate to call. All in all, these are not our favorite neighbors. One evening this past week, the neighbor approached me in a panic, asking me if I had seen their five-month-old puppy. The puppy had gotten out of the apartment building. I said I hadn't and went back into the apartment to tell my wife. My wife showed serious disappointment in the irresponsibility of our neighbors, knowing their history. However, we did decide to put our judgments aside and go out to try to find the puppy. To my surprise, several other neighbors were exiting their apartments to help as well. The puppy was found about 30 minutes later by another person in the complex. However, I think it was really nice to see so many people put their judgments aside to help people and puppies in need. Thanks for all you do, Jeremiah. Good vibes. Dave from Ohio. See, sometimes you gotta set your judgments aside to help another guy find their freaking puppy. Good job, Dave. Thanks for sharing that kind of challenge. Yeah, man. Sometimes you don't like the person that you might be doing the kindness challenge for that's a that's a that's part of the challenge it's it's easy to be nice to people <laughs> who you like it's, it's, it's really hard to, to help out people who you may not like or, or really need that help in hand so so great job great example Dave I appreciate you writing in you can email jeremiahwonders at gmail.com your kindness challenge letters as well as uh, if you want some music featured on this show um or if you have any questions or requests for your boy any music impressions guest requests uh whatever jeremiahwonders.gmail.com the new show email for the show streamlining this mother that's right jeremiahwonders.com jeremiahwonders.gmail.com wow we're coming together guys getting it all making it happening new youtube videos every week at youtube.com slash jeremiah watkins we're doing it baby I want to thank the sponsors of this show, Speedweed, at Speedweed on Twitter. Yeah, you like that marijuana delivery to your door? Then hit up Gino if you want some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, hot off the press, yeah. And guess what? Joe's Pizza, back in it, man. Hit up at Joe's Pizza Sunset on Instagram. Joe's Pizza Sunset. And tell them that you listen to Jeremiah Wonders and that you've been enjoying the pizza party segment. That's right. We've been bringing it back because people have been liking that pizza party. And we did a little pizza party with Josh Adam Myers. That's right. also want to thank Bronxborn Pizza, at Bronxborn Pizza. Hit them up if you live near Bend, Oregon, or there's also Gray Block Pizza in Santa Monica, who uh, they also sponsor Theo Vaughn's podcast. So thank you to them for all their comedy support. Man, I am uh, so grateful to you listeners. Uh, anytime you guys reach out to me, uh, all the support that you've given me. And I had a lot of people hit me up uh, recently when uh, I said on Kill Tony that I was looking for uh, a saxophone sponsor. So I'm hoping, um, uh, you know, that I can find a, a saxophone that's, uh, you know, it's they're expensive. I'm not going to lie. They're, uh, so it's going to take, uh, it's going to take a bit, but um, I appreciate the support and people asking if there's like a GoFundMe page or whatever. I don't necessarily want to do a GoFundMe, but it might be a, a, a good idea for this specific thing. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just want to thank you guys for, uh, how much, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, 
you guys care about the the show and and myself uh the the support that you guys show me over the time of this podcast and i couldn't be more excited for uh the guest today he's one of my besties josh adam myers and this dude is just he's a force of nature if you have not seen this guy on stage you have if you haven't seen the comedy jam like in town, you got to come see it. We, we also talk about this show that we've done over the years called Midnight Snack, where we just improvise songs and riff with the crowd uh, with music with our buddy Avery Pearson. And it's just a blast. So I think we're going to have fun listening to this episode together today. You'll feel the friendship and the chemistry between the two of us. Without further ado, it's my pal Josh Adam Myers on Jeremiah Wonders. How's your gas? You it's, good? It's a little gassy, but... You the you should include the video of me farting into the Instagram story into the YouTube. I'm like Joe's Pizza. Josh is like, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to have some Joe's Pizza. Yum yum. I had a slice of pizza, but I farted prior to it. He far- I I couldn't tag Joe in that one though. I think you could have. I mean, I think you could have. I, I think, think Joe. That, I think it would have soiled the relationship. Not at all. I think Joe would have heard like, the Jeremiah, fart. Jeremiah, you know you you fart and eat my pizza. It's not a good look. So in the video. Uh, you're, we talk about how delicious a pizza is. You go over to me like, Josh, look how delicious it is. And I look at it and I'm like, yeah. And then I, uh, and then I immediately say as a disclaimer, I haven't had a slice yet. And then I fart as, again. As to say, <laughs> this pizza don't make you gas it. Just to <laughs> let you know, this is just me being my gross self before I eat the pizza. Farts are funny. They'll always be funny until the day I die. I just love them. Until the day I die, <laughs> I'm going to fart in the morning. I spread my cheeks for <laughs> you. For you. Wake up and have some eggs. Gonna hear a fart between my legs. I was trying to think of what rhymed with, with eggs. Eggs? Legs came up. It was like kegs. Yeah. The Megs. On the regs. On the regs. Mm. Mm. You're, you're one of my best buddies. You I know that? You. I love you, dude. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. This is great, man. I love being in uh, the, uh, the Sunset Living Room Studio. Yes. This is, this, is such, this is so dope, man. This is so dope. It's an elaborate setup, right? This is fantastic. I can't believe that my... My bed is right behind that curtain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pull it. My wife is like right behind there. It's like, what are you doing? She's like, uh, okay, it's getting cold in here. Let me just <laughs> reach behind here. She's just like reading a book. <laughs> Everything on. tears away. I like see my neosinephrine. Hold on for a second. It's in mm-hmm. there. Here we go. You have a new podcast. I do have a new podcast. Um, it's called The Five Hundred with yeah. Josh Adam Myers. Uh, it's a record book club using the greatest recorded music in the history of mankind. Uh, I've taken Rolling Stones list because you remember, you remember Ange. Yeah, we we have a mutual friend, Angelo Bowers, that passed away in 2012. Uh, one of the funniest comics and one of the probably the most he had the deepest reference bank in his brain out of any and any subject but anything entertainment related music he was like a or jeopardy film. encyclopedia just brilliant and yeah. and so Ange would make fun of me because i didn't know certain albums he'd be like how do you not know bob dylan's blood on the tracks and how do you not know this and i'd be like well just i never listened to it it was never put in front of me you know 
And so, and then the other thing was that he was obsessed with Rolling Stone magazine. He always had his copy of Rolling Stone. And uh, even though he was homeless, he used to, they, the, the male guy would still find a way to get him his, uh, his Rolling Stone magazine, you know. And it's, it just, I, as, as after he passed away in 2012 and years later, I started to, trying to figure out, uh, not a way to honor him, but just, uh, you know, I wanted to do something. I wanted to experience new art. And then I saw that list and I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to an album a day. And then as I did that and posted about it, <clears throat> people started to reach out that were comics and were like, this is like, dude, this is, this is my favorite record, man. It was like, oh my God, I grew up listening to this. And then that was when I was like, there's the podcast that I've been waiting to do. I just didn't know about it yet. Yeah, because everybody knows your love and affinity for for music, and even incorporating music within your act and the goddamn comedy jam, which we'll talk a, <laughs> a lot about here in a bit. But yeah, I started listening to uh, the Burr episode. It's good, man. Thank you, buddy. I well, the, he's it's just you just let Burr talk about a subject, and it's gonna be great. You know, what well, I mean? even your intro though, like it, it was getting me excited about like oh, like I don't, I guess I don't know that much about the White Stripe. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I, I'm curious to hear their takes on the tracks and different yeah. like that. So it's cool. The, 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 I missed a few things. I should have talked about uh, Jack White and Meg White being married. But that's what's cool about the podcast now is that at first it just started as this discussion. And now it's like, God, there's so much like stuff out there about the record, about the artist, about the song meanings. And then I started to... Uh, you know, like put this format together that's starting to come out after the Burr episode. Uh, we have we just released Kevin Nealon uh, for four ninety six, and then we have Fortune Feimster. And what did Kevin Nealon? What album? He did Boss Skaggs. Oh, okay, because I felt like they were both two tall, white, lanky dudes, and I was like, yeah. oh, that'll be perfect. <laughs> Boom, perfect pairing. <laughs> he's he's a, he he would have been next. He's a lankadocious. Yes, Lenny Longshanks. Hello. <laughs> But it's 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 great, man. It's it's a way for us to get inside the mind of of different comedians and actors and musicians, and and to talk about these incredible records. You don't even have to listen to the record, but now you can because you've got Spotify and Apple Music, so all those records are right at your fingertips. Speaking of not knowing initially, you know, you said not knowing much about music. Whenever I was working morning radio in Kansas City, they would do this test basically of what I knew and didn't know about music on the radio yeah and there would be fans like listeners of the station calling in and being like fire this kid he doesn't know anything about music he's working <laughs> at this radio station what what's going on like uh they they played some run dmc and this is whenever i was like 19 years old please don't say you didn't you never heard of run dmc i go these guys are like the black beastie boys and the the dj like was like what did you just say <laughs> <laughs> he's like how he goes no the beastie boys are heavily they're like they worship these guys yeah. what are you talking about i was like i, I didn't know i just know the beastie boys well, what did you grow up listening to well what i grew up listening to was like oldies classic rock and a lot of boy band stuff like a lot of pop and and that kind of music and a lot of now that's what I call music stuff. Oh, I bet you had every fucking. I one had of a the, lot of them, dude. I bet. I <laughs> you are the them. audience for now. That's what I call music. I really am, dude. Of course you are. Because 
<laughs> because like, well, one, I know that you're like, you know, was your were your parents like super strict on you for certain things? Yeah, growing up. Okay, yeah, 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 dude, a million percent. That's that's what parental approval. You need to make a joke about that, dude, because that is so funny. You were wondering who was buying it. It's just all these these church kids. <laughs> it's me. It's just like, all right, honey, let me look at the CD. Okay, uh, who is who is Ja Rule? It's okay if it's on now. That's what I call music. I mean, the most edgy song on I remember on one of whatever be without my baby. <laughs> Put well, it on me. <laughs> Wait, I think Ja Rule is actually calling into is the show he? right now. Yeah, dude, that's great. <laughs> Halo, uh, Ja Rule, are you uh, are you on the line? Hey, what's going on, Oh wow, uh, I haven't heard anything about you since. Uh, well, I heard about the recent Fifty Cent thing that he he uh, you and Fifty Cent are actually feuding right now, Ja Rule. And he bought the first four rows of tickets to your concert, so it looked like it was empty. How did that affect you? Well, let let me tell you that it affected me in many ways because the theater only had five rows. (laughs) So to have four of them, you know, bought up, I mean, it was was pretty bad on the wallet. And, you know, with all the, the money that I invested into Toys R Us, with them going bankrupt, it's been a real rough. Oh, Ja Rule, why did you invest in Toys R Us? I love toys. I love them so much. Where would I be without my baby? Oh, oh, toys. Got you. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Well, huh. Do you have any other plans for investment? Are you going to go on Shark Tank or anything like that? Actually, I'm going on Shark Tank coming up soon. Really? Okay. I'm going to be premiering my new line of... I'm just lying, man. I'm so sorry. I, I, did you please just, you know, listen. Just hey, thank you for the. For are, the are you are you the, are you recording any other music coming up? Nah, man. I can't. Even, people don't want to hear my stuff no more, man. I mean, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, who, I mean, who wants to hear? Uh, you know, listen. I did, Fifty Cent was good to me for so many years, and for him just to to come to my show. And just buy up the four rows. I think you guys. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm going out the door. <laughs> you guys have been feuding for a while now, actually. So yeah, it's it's sad that it's come to these terms. Well, Jaw Rule, thank you for calling in the show, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. <sighs> I'm, uh, you know, Jaw Rule's terrible at improv. <laughs> Dude, Ja Rule did not go to UCB. I'll tell you that. I gotta take a fucking improv class. I know but everything. Why do I know but? I I just, there's something wrong with me, people. I remember the edgiest song uh, on the Now That's What I Call Music album being uh, Marshy Playgrounds. I smell sex and candy. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? Who's that lounging in my chair? So, so like, do you remember a time in your life when your parents, you know, heard you listening to music and were like, no. Yeah. Name them. Will Smith. What? Will Smith. Uh Uh-uh, Jeremiah, you will never get jiggy. You are never going to get jiggy. I cannot have you get jiggy. Excuse me. <laughs> I heard some noise downstairs. Is somebody getting jiggy up here? I think the kids are getting jiggy down there, I think there, the honey. kids are getting jiggy with it. You and you know what? They're wanting to go to Miami all of a sudden. <laughs> What's going on? I think you go down there with the paddle. 
And bait him for Jason. Did you did you have a paddle or the belt or the wooden spoon? So I so or the I, switch. I Which had, ones no, did I didn't you have? have? A switch. I okay. had. I had um, this, this is something. This, this is, is a, something. By the way, that this upcoming these upcoming <laughs> generations of kids will never know anything about is getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> did, I got hit. I did too. But I got um, my dad. Uh, there was there was the spanking on the butt. But, yep. but when he started to, my dad saw the movie Midnight Train. It's an Oliver Stone movie about this guy that gets arrested in Turkey with drug smuggling and it was a great film but they used to beat the prisoners in Turkey with a wooden uh, spatula spoon on the bottom of their foot so my dad he used to grab my foot and then kind of like hold me up and I'm just like all squiggly upside down like no no and then he just he, he took a, a a spaghetti like it was like a wooden one that had like a little ball and then a bunch of like pricklies on the other end to get mm. the spaghetti and it was wooden and it hurt man yeah, right on the bottom of the foot. My mom would sometimes do it on our hands. Wooden spoon on the hands. And we had took it. <laughs> I remember one time my dad would use the belt and we would hope that uh accidentally like the belt buckle wouldn't hit cuz yeah. if the belt buckle hit, game over. He was usually pretty generous and would just use leather. Thanks, Dadu. Uh but <laughs> basically one time I remember about to get, I was about to get spanked and, uh, I put a full, I was an idiot. I was like, maybe like he won't like pull down my pants. I had a giant book in my pants, like a giant thick book that probably had like, well, <laughs> oh, like Bible you, stories. You I was trying, trying to do it with protection. Yeah. yeah I was trying I get to get prote- protection. And he's like, what is this? <laughs> he literally just fished it out. <laughs> and it was like Bible stories, like a big book. He's like. You try, oh, you try, uh, try, <laughs> trying to get out of the punishment, huh? Okay, okay. This is like, psh, psh, oh. psh. yeah, dude. And then he made you read from the book. He was like, now sit down there and read this book. While I spank you, read it. <laughs> <laughs> Page 47, passage 13. Apostle Paul walks. Well, you know what's good about, about when you were getting beaten? You could just you could just like focus on the Lord and, and start speaking in tongues and go into that, that place that you go. Josh always makes fun of me and says that I grew up so religious that my family sp- spoke in tongues. That was a good tongue speaking. What are we do? What's for dinner, Mom? Cow tongue. No! So that's what's happening. While while he's hitting you, you're like, ah! I feel like you think that how I grew up is like like the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, like those people that are worshiping <laughs> in that cave. They're like, oh, God, <laughs> what, what, what? It doesn't help your case when you tell me your parents got mad at you for listening to Will Smith. Well, that was more my dad thing. My mom always liked Will Smith. She always bumped it. My dad was more strict on weird stuff. Like, I mean, not weird stuff, but I remember him taking a sledgehammer to our... Super Street Fighter 2 turbo game because my brother and I kept getting like in fights over it. That and, happens. Yeah. yeah. But that he, was just like, he just put he put it on his workbench, grabbed a sledgehammer, and right in front of us. And if if you know if there's video, if there's YouTube back then, it probably would have gone viral because my brother and I were like, no, no, Dad, what are you doing? Like we freaked out. That's one of my favorite games growing up. Then, and then and then he hid, just holding each other, yeah. just completely just like crying, just like falling. What are we gonna do? When am I gonna be able to play Ryu again or Ken? I hate you, Dad. I love I'll never get to be Blanca again. Oh. 
I can't think of it. Delsum. Oh, Delsum, yeah. <laughs> With the stretchy. <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? The Street Fighter movie? With Raul Julia? Yeah. And Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and Sarah Tackmeyer? So, I know, I never saw it. Oh. <laughs> You've seen it, right? I know okay. of it, yeah. I so, Ra- you know, it was Raul Julia's last movie. Okay, so do you know the story behind I this? I do. It's actually very Tell heartwarming. Tell your audience, dude, it's beautiful. Okay, so uh, what's his last name, Raul? Raul Julia. Julia. From Adam's Family from Ad- that's, okay. and many other movies. Yeah, so Adam's Family. Uh, many. He's a great actor. Anyway, so the reason a lot of people were wondering, because he was like a, like considered a big actor at the time. Like They're like, why, why would you pick a movie to do like street fighter yeah and uh he already knew that he was dying uh he was i think it was cancer or something really it, it was something it was related. something really bad it was something it was bad something, where it's it like was, it was indefinite he had like in like you have this x amount of time to live yeah uh and he said that he did it because uh his kids were fans of the video game and he wanted like to leave them with like a good memory I was like, man, that's, that's that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And then the kids immediately bought a copy of Mortal Kombat right before <laughs> the movie came out, and they were like, they're like, Dad, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> wish you could have been in the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm more of a Sub Zero person than a Delsum. Del- yeah, Delsum. Were you Mortal Kombat camp or were you Street Fighter camp? Um. See, Street Mortal Fighter, Kombat Street... was too violent for... Oh, I could, yeah, you didn't even know it existed until you were I wasn't like 15. allowed. Well, yeah, I would play it over <laughs> at friends' houses, but it wasn't allowed in our house. Whoa, what is this? That was, that, that was like my porn. It's like Mortal Kombat. I'm like, oh, whoa, there's like blood and stuff coming out? This is crazy. Oh, my God, fatality. Yeah, yeah, finish oh, fa- him. Finish, finish finishing, finishing, finishing. <laughs> Uh, I was a, a Street Fighter. I think everybody my age was uh, a fan of. I'm 39 now, so when that came out, I was probably 10 or 11. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it, I think I was out of elementary school into the middle school, you know, because it was all on PlayStation and Sega Genesis, right? Yeah. yeah so, so it was definitely Street Fighter for a minute. Well, wait, uh, for Street Fighter, you said Street Fighter definitely came it was out on when Super I was like Nin- in six. I, seven- I, I always played on Super Nintendo. Maybe you're right. Yeah. All right, so I, the I Super, Nintendo Super Nintendo is Super Nintendo is. is I don't know if it was on sixth Sega grade, maybe sixth or seventh grade. Did you have Super Nintendo or Sega? Dude, I had every one of them. Did you really? I, got, I had the first thing I had was ColecoVision. Then wow. we had then we had a talk. Yeah, dude, I'm fu- I'm fucking old, dude. Again, <laughs> ColecoVision, <laughs> then Atari twenty six hundred, then Atari fifty six hundred. Then did you know, have the knob for? We no, we was had that, that the, was, yeah, pre- it was that, the stick with the with the little dude, the little ding dang, the yeah, little, the little doodle daddle, the little dude, squiggly Joe, and then um and then we got the Nintendo, and that we got for the Christmas, we got that with the power pack, uh, we had the power glove, we had all the games, then it went Super Nintendo, then it then I ventured into the Sega world, uh, and I wrote Sega, Sega for Genesis, but but Sega was was probably one of the better of the um. You know, low eight bit. Um, Sega. Sega. That there actually, we go. dude, that sounded beautiful. By the way, it was just—it was very like that harmonious. That—that was, that was just all me, dude. That's sometimes I have a different octave in my voice. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, man. yeah. Sometimes I try not to flex on stage too much, but um, but sometimes I do runs like. Oh, 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 oh,
Sometimes it's limiting, but I you mean, know, it's great. Thanks, man. It's really great. I appreciate it. But we did Sega, and then and then I got out of video games for a while. I think, um, but I did I did Super Nintendo. I mean, everything. I think, and then I just stopped after the PlayStation Three, or yeah, I think so. Whatever the last version of like the first. Like right now, like my ex girlfriend left a Xbox at my house. An Xbox Have you been playing it? Nah, no, dude. Once I got, the only game I really play. Did is, you always ask for that for Christmas and birthdays? Were just games and consoles? No, I mean when I was younger. Yeah, that and then wrestling stuff because I remember I wanted wrestling action figures. I didn't for know you were into wrestling. I used to be into really? it. Really? The only I, so I I was into it because dude, I was in like the 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 heydays of the best parts with Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior yep. and. You know, Ric Flair, and and, there, and it was really the WWF and the NC, NWA. And then, uh, or WC, no, it was NWA, then it became WCW, and then I got out for a while. And then back in, like, 2000, that video game came out on uh, on Nintendo 64, the WCW oh, and that game was amazing. Yeah. And that, that game was so good. And that got everybody back into it, because it was, now it wasn't WWF anymore, it was, like, this whole world, which I had always been like, ah, this is the crappier one. I used to play as Rey Mysterio all the time in that game. <laughs> and the best. <sighs> so good. So, I, I, I mean, I... If I if somebody took me to like a WrestleMania, I would like be like, yeah, this is awesome, and I'd get into Dude, it. Dude, I went with Sal and uh, uh, Sal Volcano, Adam Ray, and uh, and Steve Simone, and had such a good well, time. Are, that's a good group of people to go with. I mean, we had you're so all, much fun. You're all like salts of the earth, and then I would have been there, like, hey guys, how you doing, everybody? <laughs> that guy looks <laughs> dumb. This is stupid. No, we were definitely making fun and, and laughing at different stuff. Like it was it was a good time. It's just. I think any way to connect with my childhood, um, as I'm getting older now, I'm starting to get more into the things I was when I was a kid just to like rehash. And, and I mean, I, I see the excitement that people are having for, for like Red Dead Redemption right now and the video games and then for what's going on in wrestling. And it just, both of those look really fun. Have you seen the Lion King trailer? course i have omg fantastic it's gonna make it's gonna make a billion dollars just in america yeah just in america yeah because uh jungle book did really well too james earl jones come on you move reprising the role of mufasa come on man bank dude i mean that blind guy from the sandlot's doing well man (laughs) (laughs) out of all the roles that's the one he's he always will be remembered for that. Yeah. Good for him. Is this your ball? <laughs> He's like, oh, I've got, I've got 30,000 of these. <laughs> you want uh, Babe Ruth's uh, father? Oh, he yeah. had the ball. This is one who wiped his butt with over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I want to talk about with you the comedy jam because we have traveled the country together. We have done years of show, live shows. We've done, we did a TV show together. And uh, I just want to reminisce with you about some of those moments because I have had some of the best times of my life with you on stage in different cities and different places throughout the country within Los Angeles, yeah. New York, traveling the road. So it's like, dude, it, Whenever like I, whenever people are like, "All right, name top ten moments," you're in like multiple of those like top ten like live moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. What what we've done together on stage, it's like it's 
it's I forget, and it's so funny that there there be moments when we be doing a show, and it's like, like I'd be going on the road, and you're just like, God, I just I don't feel like going to this city, or I don't want to do this. And then once we get started with that, it's just such a, it's such a great way, dude. When when we had we had a, we had band members in there that would have changed certain times, and some of them were cancerous. And, and it was like, but regardless of how much arguing or uncomfortable it was in the car, like the second you get on stage, we were just like having the greatest time. It's, it's literally just like stage Prozac. Yeah. If you're, if you're bummed out, just going and doing the goddamn comedy jam is just so much fun. So much fun. What was your favorite moment? Well, are we talking jam or just with, with just performing with you in general? Cause so Josh and I, to, to give you guys some context, we uh we kind of became better friends through the comedy jam yeah because we were friends years before but we were never like to the point of friends where we were like hanging out outside of shows and stuff we'd see we each saw other each all other the time. there was a mutual respect yeah. and it was uh, like a love for each other and, yeah you know we go to open mics and shows be on the same time like i would go to your birthday parties like uh, here and there like your old place and stuff like yeah. that yeah wait but, were you at the one that were you uh, with lewis at that old at that old spot. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you were at the one where where Willie and Jamar fought. I was not. I was not at that one. <sighs> I heard that was crazy. It was insane. I should have I actually should have asked Jamar and Willie about that whenever I forgot about that whenever they did their episode. It was the I mean there were so many problems with that birthday party like you know Brittany that my ex-girlfriend didn't bring enough alcohol so there was just like just people, angry comics just like there was like one cake and you know and I mean that's actually it's that's that's the, the amount of cake that most right, people right, buy right. but there was no, like no food but at a lot of comic parties like you realize quickly like how successful you are by how quickly the food goes if the food yeah. just goes immediately you're like Oh yeah, we're all really poor right now, <laughs> dude. Um, it was it was. Uh, I think most of us were poor. I think the, like probably the two best comics or not most successful that were there was Ian Edwards and and Gerard. Mm-hmm. But this is before billionaire Gerard. This is like the <laughs> you know, this is like when he's probably just starting to like blow up a little. Like bit. whenever you said that old uh, Cadillac, right? Huh? Do you remember? No, that? this was this was before that, dude. This was this is the Jeep. This is still oh, the Jeep, Jeep era. All right. And I and I remember the the whole. I thought I was. Or was like, it a town car? He had like this big car. Who Gerard? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, Gerard was it no, a Cadillac? That was when, no, no, no. It wasn't a Cadillac, but that was, it was when, a Lincoln Town yeah, Car. It was yeah, something yeah, yeah. along those lines. Yeah, Gerard's probably still had that. And we, um, I thought you were talking about my car. Oh no, um, no, no. So when when we did that surprise party. First of all, I was coming home from work and expecting to go to Benihana. And I was so excited about Benihana. Well, that's how I get. Whenever somebody tells me something is happening, yeah. I get like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had, well, so when I get there and I see everybody, I was like, this is the sweetest thing ever. But I was like, are, are we, we still going, going to Benihana's? Benihana's? <laughs> like, and, uh, we, you know, we didn't, a lot of people left and then that fight broke out. The The greatest thing about that whole moment, and I know I've told you, but, but it's like, like Willie and Jamar just start arguing and then Jamar and Willie start fighting and Jamar like leaves the apartment and Brittany's screaming cause stuff's knocked over and she's like, Oh my God, I can't fucking believe this shit. You're fucking friends. 
And it's just dead silent. And then Angelo holding Gretchen's hand goes, it's very unfortunate. And then just walks right out. <laughs> and then they went and had sex behind like a bush or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was, that was a great birthday party. But I thought you would have been to that one. No, it was the one where, uh, no, this was, you were not in a great place whenever I, I went to uh, the birthday party that I did. It was like. It was like 2012 or. Oh, that was. Oh, that was yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. after the accident. So yeah, I was yeah, still yeah. pretty roughed up. But, um, but we. Well, I still remember seeing you for the first time at the comedy store when you went up during potluck and simulated sex on the stage, but in front of two audience members and then 30 comics in the back of the room, but just full on commitment. Like have like full you you did multiple positions like yeah it was it was a girl ha- that was having sex so like she was getting stooped you know what I mean so it's like, it's like all these different positions like rolling over just ridiculous and then when we did when when you came on to do the jam which was um. I mean, that was like probably we'd already done maybe like eight of them, I think, because it was like April. So, yeah, about eight at that point. And and Johnny, who played the roadie, couldn't be there. And I saw you. You were with Jeff Ross. And I was like, yo, man, do you want to do it? I was like, I know you'll kill this. And then you came back and it just was like you were just so squiggly, just like just like you fucking killed it, dude. And, And it was just like we knew right then and there. It was like, well, we have to bring you back on you have to do this with us because you just make the show better i called johnny scordis and i was like yo is it okay if i do this first off because i know this is your thing and he's like yeah man he's like totally and then it went well and then i called him again i was like can we do this together are you are you cool with that and he's like yeah baby you know yeah, i love dude. you it was so great so yeah that that from that point on we kind of started hanging out more and that's whenever, and then a little bit after that, we started doing like our midnight snack, our kind of our music improv show with yeah. Avery Pearson at the improv. And we did that for years. We did this show where we basically bombard audience members with uh, another show. Like the show would keep on going. So the 10 o'clock show on Saturday night would end somewhere around midnight. And then we would charge the stage and be like, yeah, the show's still going. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, the stay well, if we, you want we'd to. We'd ask the host to give us a good intro, and, and they rarely. And, and did. I would say, listen, man, all you got to say is that this is like it's all just the sale of it. So you just got to be like, hey guys, I know you guys. We just saw a great show, but if you want to stick around, we got this super secret down low underground show with these three guys and some of the best comics coming up and working out material. And they just could have really, if they could have said that, but it was literally just like, all right, y'all, we got some other people want to come up here. Y'all ready? You guys can leave if you want to. And then the crowd just stood up. So Josh would start singing while Avery's on keys. I'm playing sax. He's like, if you leave, you're gonna get AIDS <laughs> and different stuff like that. I wish I'd never have done that. <laughs> There's so many other ways to keep people than well, screaming at them and wishing they would have gotten like venereal diseases. It's one way to keep them, though. Well, it was, I mean, that's like this huge fear is just to go on stage and just have people walk out while you're talking. I mean, and- dude, I gotta, I have to remember all the time at the comedy store because as soon as I get up, for those late night spots, people are leaving before I even say a word on the mic. They're just waiting for that next comic to trade off. So they have an opportunity to leave. 
So sometimes you got to kind of like remember that and not take it personally because like you see a huge room and you're like, yes. And then by the time you walk on stage, it's half gone. You're like, no, I just saw a huge room. Yeah. It, it's I, they're just looking, tired. Looking back now, if we would have done that show, if we could do that and take that audience again now, like I now know how to do it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I, we're also years farther along. Exactly. In comedy, but though. that's that's the thing is that I didn't yeah. appreciate what we had and how special what we had was while we were doing that. Like we had free range every Saturday night to do whatever we want to do, regardless if anybody came. Dude, we, there, you know that we did shows where there were like two or three people the whole night. That stuck around and like we had some of the best moments by just repeating the lyrics of whatever we're singing just over and over. I mean, that was the shit, man. Yeah. You know, and then we tried to do it again at 10 and it just it just didn't have that feel that, that it, it didn't have had. the late night raw. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. I mean, when we do it in New York, we have that kind of feel. You know what I'm saying? Dude, in New York, it's so fun. Like I would love to do it there multiple times a year. I hope we get to do it there. Multiple I think times we a will. Year. I think we will with, we have, we have some, there's some, so many great clubs. For Remember us to that go to. old man, uh, that we befriended with the beard, the please pull your dick out tonight. Please sir. pull your dick out tonight, Ta- sir. Talk about that for a second. So hello audience. So when we started doing the show and it's me, Avery and Jeremiah, and there's probably like 10 to 15 people in the audience. And that's really being generous on the amount of people that were there. And there was this old guy there that looked kind of like Chris Kringle, but he had a lot of Kringle qualities. Uh, wearing a plaid shirt, suspenders, long white beard. And so, uh, at one point we were singing and, I went up to him and kind of sang in his face as I would. And I was just like, I guess it just started with just, could you pull your dick out? And then it was like, we just started saying it, please pull your dick out. And then, so then the, the words, joke was, we wanted to see this old man's penis yes. on stage for this late night variety show. Yeah. And it was literally just, please pull your dick out tonight, sir, for what could have been it was maybe an fit- hour and 20 minutes. I mean, it was a long time. Just singing that over and over. I mean, like and it we, never and di- stopped. In different genres and different styles, getting the whole audience up on the stage with us singing it. Anthem style, Crosby, Stills, and Nash style. That might be one of my favorite moments on stage ever because you talk about like how about being free and just being never feeling like you're judged. You're in that state where you're just like, you know, me, you, and Avery are all singing the same thing. There's there's only X amount of people Please I could do like Louis C.K. could have walked in like Sarah Silverman could have walked in. Funny you say that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, we so just to paint the picture that we used to do weird, just ridiculous lyrics on stage and we'd sing and we'd kind of interrupt people's uh, sets. I, I would say add to it more than interrupt because we'd be riffing with the comics that were on stage. Yeah. Louis C.K. comes in one night. And uh, they ask him if he wants to go up because he stopped by for a reason to pop in late night at the yeah. improv. He watches for two minutes and and he starts to leave. They're like, Louie, aren't you going to go up? And he's like, I'm not going up on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he saw that we were like riffing and, and doing music and songs and stuff. And we were all hanging out on stage. We he wanted nothing around. to do with he that. He wanted nothing to do nothing. with that. Nothing. Yeah. Little did we know, or did everybody else know, they might have sided with him, but look who was the real winner in that. Look who's the real hero <laughs> now. Yeah. Us. We yeah. stopped him from going on stage. Hashtag no mo. 
Hashtag no, no, no mo, mo with Jamo. No mo with Jamo. No it's my new podcast after the yeah. 500. Welcome so, to No Mo with Jamo. No Mo with, no mo with Jamo. All right, so that's it's, it's basically a show where people offer me food after I've already eaten, and I go, no, no mo. mo. No mo. No mo, man. No mo. I can't handle this, man. <laughs> no mo. Uh, one of my other favorite times on stage with you was obviously uh, whenever we got to open up at Madison Square Garden. Yes. That was actually uh because I, I, I had just gone back there and we were we were jamming um before Burr did uh he, he did the you know another headlining set at Mass Square Garden so he rents out the you know the the theater the whole day so we play music there when there's nobody in the auditorium or theater and being able to look at it again that I hadn't been back since we had been up there um, with the with the Jokers, it, it's just that place is massive. And if I would know, like, like I think I could mentally prepare myself to know that I'm going on stage at Madison Square Garden now. But if because we we were at watching the Impractical Jokers, the show was starting. Cypher Sounds was giving uh, shout outs to the audience. He's warming them up. There's fifteen thousand people in there, and he goes, "Hey, yo, give it up for Josh Adam Myers and Jeremiah Watkins." And uh, we're side stage and Sal tells us that he goes, yo, he just gave you a shout out. And so Sal then looks and he goes, Hey man, we still got 10 minutes left. Go up there and be funny, Josh. And then I looked at you. I was like, for real. And he's like, yeah. And I look at you and we had no time to even process it. It was just, go it was, it was do it now yeah. or the invitation is gone. Yeah. I ran up there and I remember I look back at you and you're just like, I literally said while we're walking, because Josh, as soon as Sal said that Josh turns to me right away and goes, let's go. And I, and he like kind of grabs me by the wrist and I start walking and I'm already in motion. I go, wait, what? (laughs) Like it was like, so you, you be you like right after Sal. Hey guys, hey, hey Josh, why don't you guys go up there and be funny? For real? Jeremiah, let's go. Wait, what? They want us on stage at Madison Square Garden. Come on, man. Right now? Yeah, dude, right now. What is your problem? Why are you walking so slow? I'm just trying to take this in. I just came to hang out and support the show. I didn't expect to be performing tonight. Well, neither did I, but it's happening, man. Okay, let's do this. Don't you want to take a picture before you go up there? Because that's the voice. Wait. Can we get an Instagram story of this or what? Matt Masisco, get over here. Come on, Matt Masisco. This is going to be a memory that I want to cherish forever and ever. <laughs> so so we well, I got to tell everybody this. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. All right, so one we of have those ongoing one, jokes. One of my favorite things about Jeremiah is it's like you, you just, you're, when we do the finale of the show, you just end from up always getting comedy I'm from the goddamn comedy jam, which is I bring all the comics back on stage. We do one final song, and you always have the best picture with the most famous people from the show. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, there are there are there are pictures in the in the history which you've probably done forty or fifty shows 
that you've it looks like you like a lot of the time sometimes you're moving so fast into the picture that it's like your your neck's a little blurry because you're just like hey, get out chicken like with this picture going on over here <laughs> get over here Kevin Nealon come in Kevin Nealon let's sing Matt get over there <laughs> we have this ongoing joke of yeah. that that I get right next to what Josh says is the most famous person on stage for the, for the photo. And I, and I make eye contact and I like imposing and, and I'm like, uh, our, our photographer, the goddamn comedy jam is Matt Masisco, who also took my wedding photos. Check out his stuff. He's the best. He's the best. He's, he's taking all those photos. And so like, I like <laughs> Josh has this riff where like, like I'm next to Louis CK or Sarah Silverman or, or whoever's like Hannibal Burris, whoever's on the show that night. And I, and I lock eyes with him. I'm like, Miss Cisco, take the photo now. <laughs> Wait, how do I get that? I want this. You want? All right, one second. Keep talking. This is, yeah, get me to, this is the greatest machine I've ever seen in my life. This is so incredible. All right, so what am I supposed to be? Perfect. So it would always be like, you know, we're singing like, la, 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 la. Oh, la, shit. La, la, la. There's Louis hey, C.K. about hey, to take a picture by himself. I'm coming to run over there. Hey, Louis C.K., get over here. La, la, get putting my arm around your neck. Put your goddamn arm around my neck. Wait, who is this creeper that's going on next to me? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, I'm, dude. I'm Louis C.K. What is this gangly, spangly saxophone player dude coming at me? I'm Jeremiah Watkins. You may not know me now, but everybody is soon. So get the fuck over here for this picture. I guess I'll smile and give this guy the mic to sing into. No, we share it. Wait, what? We're sharing the mic. Miss Cisco, take the picture. Make sure the lighting's good and make sure your exposure is fully open. What kind of aperture is he using right now? Shut up, Louie. Can I get a copy of this photo? If you share it, God damn it, you don't have a gram. Oh, wait, I'm not gonna tag you in it. I might just post it, though. My bad. You fucking asshole. That's but then a- I'll screenshot it, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll retweet it. You got it, dude. Just get away from me after this photo is taken. Nope, we got Nicole Bissett taking photos over there. Wait, how many angles is this taking? Just two, but I like to go back and forth over and over until I get the perfect picture. Damn, that was fun. And that's the story of how Louis C.K. and I became best friends. <laughs> Just you running slowly over there, like, oh shit. Oh shit. Wait, there's a celebrity. Let me get in there. Will Forte, let's do this. Will, For- Will Forte. <laughs> I actually start talking like this. It's can just we, like, can we just do the rest of the podcast like this? It's like, so, anyway, so Will Forte is like one of my favorite comics. 
So, you know what's funny is that it makes my voice even even (laughs) more ridiculously low because you have such a baritone rasp as it is that, like, can you imagine, like, Josh coming out of the womb, like, at the hospital? What would that sound like? Mrs. Myers, you gave birth to a beautiful baby gargoyle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he'll uh, he'll get a lot of work as uh, animated garbage cans for the rest of his life. Mama, can I have some Cheerios? Baby want titty milk now. Uh, you want to play Transformers, Jeremiah? Yo, Autobots, roll out. This is, like, Dad, I don't want to do homework. I want to watch. I want to watch Thundercats. Listen, you're three years old. You're going to do your homework. I don't care if you're in pre-pre-K right now. Get to it, son. No, I don't want to. No, you're going to have to. <laughs> I don't want to. I want to go play at Paul's house. Okay, Paul is a 37-year-old man that I've gone over to and repeatedly told him that he is not allowed to interact with you. Quit hanging out with Paul just because he thinks that you're older because of that deep voice of yours. But he's teaching me how to do my taxes. Why are you doing your taxes? You're a three-year-old kid. You should be focusing on your homework. I just want to be like you, Dad. You'll (laughs) never be like me, son. (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) It's the greatest thing ever. Oh, dude, that was so fun. Fuck, I got tears in my eyes. That (laughs) That was a good one. Uh, let's get into this next segment. Fanning out. Fanning out. I'm fanning in. No, I'm fanning out. Fanning out. Questions from fans. I reached out to people online and I said, if you could ask Josh Adam Myers any questions, any questions at all, what would it be? And some people from Instagram and Twitter responded. This uh, first one, this is going off of what we were just kind of talking about. If you can name the, the single, uh, like the single one. At this is Brian Rock on Instagram. What's your most memorable moment performing and why? So it could be bad or it could be good. It could be the first time that you stepped on stage. It could be something that happened along the way, something that happened during the TV show. Um, I mean, honestly, one of the one of the most memorable performances I've ever had, and it shaped my career, was when I was a year into comedy. I did almost an hour of stand-up in front of a thousand people at a rave in Baltimore. Uh, my friends threw this party called Starscape and I was coming home and and I was going to do a couple shows and I was like, yo, maybe, I said to him, I was like, hey, do you got like a stage I can host? Because they had all, so they had DJs and it was an all-day event. It's like all a festival event. almost. Huge, fe- dude, huge festival. We're talking yeah. like 15 to 20,000 people. It still goes on. It's huge. And, I was like, hey, maybe there's a there's like that live band stage. Maybe I could host that. And he goes, perfect. And then the day of the show, he called me and he's like, actually, I want to put you up between the two biggest acts, if you don't mind. And I was like, yeah. And man, I mean, you figure I'm an I'm a year into stand up. Um, I might have had five minutes of good, like okay material. Yeah, actually hitting material. That maybe. works. Yeah, yeah. Like that that works just depending on how I release it. The jokes on might not suck, but or might be good. But it's just like, you know your confident level at a year in comedian, but. Dude, I was like, again, yeah. he's like, I'm like, how much time do you want me to do? He's like, do about like 40 to an hour. And so I wrote all this like rave material and, and I was like, all right, this should fill the time. And I remember I went up there and just, I probably went through 
the rave material and all of my material and all the other crappy jokes I had ever written. And it felt like I had been up there for 20 to 30 minutes. And I remember I look over at my buddy because I was on this little side stage in front of the big stage. And I look over and I'm like, hey, man, how much time do I have left? And he's like, dude, you still got about 55 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And then people started throwing stuff at me. They started throwing glow sticks. Glow sticks were okay because I saw them coming. But then, like, <laughs> somebody would throw a high glow stick but then hit me with a low beer. But, but the thing that this is why it's memorable. It's not because it was a shit show and it was and it was horrible because eventually I started to pull people on out of the audience as like human shields but then I started interviewing them in like a funny way and like people started to enjoy it. I mean, not the majority, but I was getting some sort of laughter noise. But what what it's so memorable is that I stayed until and I did all the time. I wasn't getting paid. I had no reason to be up there, but I looked at it as this rite of passage and I knew that if I could survive that then any other show is just going to be cream cheese. So yeah. it was, it was, it's still to this day. It's like, I can't believe I did that. And it was horrible, but uh, I wouldn't pass it up. I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, this is from at Matt Jude seven. Most surprising name to be successful at the comedy jam. Also, what was your favorite performance and why was it Skankfest 2018? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'd say probably the most surprising performance uh, my, I mean, I still was never expecting Sean Patton to, to crush, uh, insane in the brain as good as that. I mean, insane that was still, that was still one of, I think that was the first show that you were on insane in and the that brain. was still one of my favorite performances. Cause it felt like a goddamn insane, riot. Got no brain. Um, my, but definitely my, uh, I mean, Skankfest 2018 was, was really just such a special show. And we had done it the year before, and it was great, and it was wild. So I knew it was going to be good. Uh, and when we had done the show on the f- Saturday night this year, it was a good show. But that Sunday night closing show was just fantastic on every level. Like, triply killing and and... Tony just annihilating it and this like you when you see that video of him coming off the crowd serve with his shirt off into the song perfectly and then to have Sal and just everybody that was on it it's just there's something about the Skankfest people you know now that I've spent you know a lot of time with Jay and Lewis and Dave and, and all of their fans it's like they're great they're just they're, they're people I never thought I would ever like think were my favorite audience but just there's such a good energy at that festival like everybody's in a good mood because it's because they're all together, you know. They all get to be the same together, and that's a beautiful thing. That's why I love. Yeah, the festival. Br- brings a lot of different style people together. There's one moment during Kill Tony where there's this guy who was wearing glasses, looked like he was like an accountant type, like Timex, like wristwatch, like khaki pants, yeah, kind of looking like a dad. And uh, he. He said during the Kill Tony interview, he goes, "I realize I uh, I probably don't belong here," and the <laughs> o- and the audience just started laughing, and he got a giant applause break because he was being just so, so honest. Like, but they were all there for the same reason because they like that style of comedy. Yeah. So it brought everybody together. So it's just like beautiful yeah. moment. Uh, oh, our buddy over at Meth Syndicate, who's your favorite MC of all time? Huh. Wow. Um, people are gonna think this is weird that I would say this one, but "Old Dirty Bastard," uh, "Return of the Thirty Six Chambers" is one of my favorite hip hop albums, 
ever. And I think it's just because I, I he was so different from all the other guys in Wu Tang, and Wu Tang is still my favorite hip hop group of all time. And and but ODB was just I saw him at a show once, and um, it was at the nine thirty club. It was just old Dirty Bastard. And the first 10 minutes of the show, before he started playing music, he drank a bottle of vodka. And then as soon as he finished it, he went into a song. I was all the way in the back of the room. And there were so many fights throughout the first 25 minutes of his performance that by the by the halfway point of the show, I, at a place that was completely sold out and I could not move in, there was so much room that I could just walk from behind the room all the way to the front of the stage. It was just cleared out. And it was like I got a private concert of Old Dirty Bastard. And because of that, I just loved that guy. That's awesome. No, he's not the best hip hop rhymer, but he's the fucking shit. From at True Imagination Zero Zero on Instagram, if you could bring any comedian back from the dead to do the goddamn comedy jam, who would it be and what song? Patrice O'Neill. Oh man. I didn't even think about that. Angelo Bowers, a hundred percent. I would love to have Angelo Bowers. If I could have Angelo do the show. Because Angela was supposed to be one of the roadies. I mean, that's that's who I when I told Johnny, I was like, I want Ange to be the roadie. Uh, I just want you to be like Ange. Just do whatever Ange would do. Um, I would be curious to see what he would do. But if it's but if if I could have two, it would be Patrice O'Neill as well. Because I have no idea what he'd do or if he would even do the show. I don't think it would be up his alley. But I mean, man, that would be. I'm just Dude, such a Bur- huge Patrice fan. Burr on drums and Patrice singing. Oh, that would be how incredible. cool would that be, man? That would be incredible. That'd be so freaking cool. Yeah, but I doubt he would do the songs that Bill knows how to do on fucking drums. No, Burr would have to learn <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you'll never find a love like mine. It would be something. Actually, it would probably be like "Creep" by Radiohead. No, I'm serious. He, so? Yeah, he dude, he used to make fun of that song, but he talked about he's like white people love that song, like, and it's true, white people do love. But I, I think everybody loves Creep. It's such a good song. It's a great but, song. But I think he loved it too. And and I mean, even when you see Chappelle doing karaoke, when he does stuff with live bands, he always ends up singing Creep. So I think I think black people like it too. It's a good one. It's a great one. From at Leroy Two Brown on Twitter, when did you acquire your two back legs? <laughs> that's that's all that's from the crab that's fees. from the crab feast yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was i fucked up and i was telling a story about how i got hit by a car and they were like where did you hit you and i was like oh and i was trying to say she hit me in the front of my legs um but i was like she hit my front legs and then that just opened, opened it up portal and you know jay larson and ryan sickler are just such good improvisers and yes and guys and so if they they figure something they just run with it little and nugget the, is all they need yeah and then the fans just took it over and so now i'm the I'm the 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 world's most famous four-legged comedian <laughs> uh at super meowy on twitter is there Anything about music that you don't like? What if Rolling Stone magazine updates their top 500? Will your podcast shift? No, it won't. We're going with the 2012 list. If anything, there's only a few albums that would be, I think, inserted. I mean, at the most, four. Four or five. When they did changes before, it would be like two albums in, you know, and then or stuff move around. Um... So I so I'm gonna stick to the 2012 list uh, because I already started. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything about music you don't like? I I would say something along the lines of I don't like the direction of certain styles of music right now, but I understand that music goes in little ebbs and flows. Is that it's 
you know, you, you start like a garage band and it's this raw sound. And then it's just, as it gets bigger, you know, and you're selling out stadiums and arenas and that style of music gets huge. So does the music. And like, so rock and roll became hair metal when that got too big, it became grunge. And then when that got too big again from doing new metal and Limp Bizkit, it became the strokes. And I think like hip hop has never had anything like that. And hip hop has gotten to this new point where some of the music is just, it's just gotten so big and just, it's so computerized and so just not authentic. And I hate to call it, use that word authentic, but that was the one that popped in. It's just, I think that there needs to be a, just kind of a, a resettling. And I'm, and I'm curious to see what, if that will actually happen. So, so that's, that's about it. I mean, the music is, music is one of the most beautiful things in the world. It really is. It's just, it's doesn't make a difference what the genre is. Um, if it sounds good to my ears, I like it. And, uh, and it always puts me in a good mood. So that's why I think it has such a huge part of my life. It's just, it's, it, from doing this podcast, I'm about to say like the really most like effeminate thing ever, but like I've, I've cried so many times listening to some of these songs and cause you learn the story of it. You're like, Oh my God, it's like Bonnie Raitt's like pouring her heart out. And I think that's beautiful. I like to be touched. That's both good, ways, like on the inside and out. That's great. Thank you. No, I like that. <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> hey. Hey. Louie. Come on, Louie. Stop I it, thought, man. Yeah, man. You I... can't judge Josh because he's crying sometimes. Well, I just think he's a little bit of a wuss move. Hold on for a second. I got I got my mom calling. Do you mind if I... if I? Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Take it, man. Pick her up real quick. Uh, Mrs. Myers, are you calling into the show? Hello? Yeah. Hi. How are you, boy? Oh, we're doing great. Listen, you Louis C.K., you don't talk bad about my son. He's a good boy, and if he wants to cry, he can cry. Fine, I mean, if you don't mind raising a sissy girl. Oh, really? I bet he can whoop your ass. Listen, I don't know who this is, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll punch you in the face. Okay, motherfucker, you find me outside. Alright, well, what part of the country are you in? I'm in I'm in Salisbury, Maryland. Salisbury, Maryland? Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think Louie's going to be able to find that. Listen, Louie, I know exactly where you are. You can find me at Salisbury, Maryland at the Salisbury Comedy Hall on Friday, December 4th. I'll be performing there. You can come by. I'm actually doing a weekend there, so you, I guess you're opening for me. I think you're right, actually. Oh, you're, I thought it was Louis. I thought it was performing for well, Louis. I'm going by Louis now. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> Louis. Louis. That's. I mean, that's actually that's pretty smart, Louis. I mean, when that's did you good decide branding. to do that? Oh, you know, I've been kicking around some different marketing ideas and stuff like that. So I figured, you know, why not? You know what? All right, we're fighting after a set, okay? Deal. All right. It looks good. We'll talk to you later, Mom. I'll talk to you. Call me later. One of my favorite stops uh, on whenever we did the road was whenever we stayed at Josh's mom's Tell house. Tell that story, yeah. There in you Baltimore, go. she still brings this up because I brought it up when we were home. Oh, dude! So we're staying. It's the whole band is crashing at Josh's place. And this New York trip, I was also we we did three spots. We did Philadelphia, New York, and D.C. I was also heavily addicted to painkillers, and this is right before we're leaving to go to D.C., which is our last show. So I've been on, like, hardcore oxys for, like, he's, a week. He's very itchy. Super itchy. So his mom 
super sweet lady. She's very excited to entertain some house guests, right? And she wants her son to look good. She wants to impress her son's friends. So she is putting out the nicest spread for us. Like they're just like this breakfast from from heaven, you know. Eggs, you know, waffles, uh, Sausage, potatoes, bacon, yeah, everything, like all the sides. It was like a buffet of amazing food, all like laid out: juices, milks. It's like whatever you wanted. It was like a full breakfast buffet. Yeah. And she was actually making us food to take on the road down. Yeah, she was, she was cooking the whole, whole morning. She was making like sandwiches and uh, bags of chips for everybody. I mean, just she was really making sure we were being like care a, of. a super mom, super duper. So uh, we come into the kitchen and we're like, we're like, oh wow, this is amazing. Like we're admiring all the food. We haven't started to eat quite yet, and uh, Josh decides to come into the kitchen completely butt naked, and he's like, hey, good morning, mom. How you doing? And she's like, Joshua. What are you doing? What are you What are you doing? And we're all, you know, all the guys in the band, we're all dying laughing at the situation. <laughs> and his mom gets so upset. She's like, Joshua, put some clothes on. What are you doing in front of these guests? What are you doing? And he's like, what, mom? You birthed me. Like, you can see me naked. It's fine. And <laughs> she gets so bad. She goes, Joshua, you pulled a lot of stunts in your day, but this tops them all. <laughs> And, and, and then I like, grabbed what? I grabbed the sausage, went upstairs. And he's just like fixing himself coffee. And then he like he he gets like shushed out by his mom. And I'm laughing. I'm like dying laughing, trying to not laugh because I know his mom is genuinely upset. And she goes, And you can stop laughing too, Jeremiah. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> she brought that up when I was home. She was like, she was oh, telling She's gonna hold how- on. She's gonna hold on to that, dude. I think she was proud with what she birthed. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, well. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a shower and a grower. Oh, hello. I'm a shower grower. <laughs> All right. Last question, then we'll do sax talk. At Percussion Punisher 1, explain the Baltimore twang. That's uh, that's just my accent. That's I lived in Baltimore for, you know, seven, eight you got years. Little, and and you I got, got little, well, people, people, little, a little stank on it. People, like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's people say like, sometimes I sound like a Southern woman when I'm on stage. Um, and, uh, I think it's just, a I would of, never say that. Really? No. I've heard a lot of people say I sound like, like well, a I guess Southern you say black y'all. woman. I guess you say y'all. Somebody said like Southern black woman. That's who I sound like on stage. I think it's just, people forget that Maryland's below the Mason Dixon line and you, you have DC and then everything outside of that is like the middle of nowhere kind of you know what i mean so you got a lot of uh, a lot of like just working 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 class people mm-hmm. and it's so i think it's just rubbed off on me and this is right now actually i think my my accents is really maryland esque because i just came from from maryland for for a week so it's taken a few days for this to try to like shush it out <laughs> to so wear off. Just not to say use like roll my O's and be like, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Talking about the Orioles, like that kind of that kind of talking. When you say it's, you know, it's you know, horn oats. You you like horn oats? <laughs> don't stop believing. You like don't stop believing by don't but journey. Journey. Rural farms, all that stuff. So it's just I haven't lived I've been lived there for so long. It's just it sticks with you. But I'm trying to get rid of it. But people seem to like the no, Baltimore man. twang. You gotta keep it. I'm trying to get rid of it, man. I wanna sound I wanna I wanna actually I wanna get rid of this accent and just get like a South African. That's what I want. South African? Oh, that's good. I can't do it. That's the one I can't do. I can't 
It's a they little, think, little bit hard. Little yes, bit, it's, being, it's, it's 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 in a weird way. It's almost it's almost like Australian, but it's a little bit more like like almost it's it's like I don't know. It's like British, but also like a little bit sharper. I don't know. It's like short sink. It's really good. Short sink, South African. Lekker. 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 Hey, Lekker. Get over here. I'm going to walk you. I, I do like Diane Warren. That's a good accent, though. You did a good Dude, job. Dude, I, I love Diane Warren. Do you? Yeah. Dude, I I, I got into him a few years ago. And, and I, 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 I am your butterfly. There's that, what's that one song? It's like, there's Stop, some, I can't. There's, there's one song that I really, yeah, really liked, but I can't remember it right now. Fuck. It's like... Don't worry about it. Anyway. Move on. I oh, can't talk about him. Before we go to Sax Talk, we got to do the pizza party. Yo, we just had some Joe's Pizza right before this podcast. Yes, we did. Name your favorite pizza or, uh, or, or is there anywhere in Baltimore that you used to go as a kid? There's actually, I just went there when I was home. It's called Matthew's Pizza. It's like semi-deep dish pizza. <laughs> it's my friend, it's my friend so Matt's it's the, house. It's the whitest non-Italian places. Like, yeah, it's just like uh, the end of the cul-de-sac. It's Matthew's. It's just my friend Matt. He my makes friend Matt. pizza. Um, no, it's, it's it's a little it's a little hole in the wall, to be honest. Like, the restaurant's like about this big, and, and uh, you know, you go in there, and it's like $6 for these pizzas that are like, I don't even want to call them. They do kind of have this very, uh, like, uh, like Mama Celeste style, just they could be like a DiGiorno and they're just reheating, but it doesn't seem it's just it's just delicious quasi deep dish pizza that it's just every time I eat it, it just makes me think of like of Baltimore. And so when I was home, I was there. And next so, time I'm there with you, we gotta go. Oh, 100%. 100%. actually a place in Harrisburg that my mom used to take me to. Oh my god. If I can't remember that place, I can't remember that place name. So Matthew's is one of my favorite, and then Joe's is honestly one of my other favorite slices, just regular slice of pizza. The one on 14th Street, still to this day. I mean, we've gone there and just so many down, times, like, sucked down like four or five slices. It starts off with one, and then it's like you want to get. <laughs> we one? went to a, the the Joe's in New York, and Josh was trying to prompt a world star fight. <laughs> He, he had his phone out because these two bros were super drunk at like the end of the night waiting in line for pizza and one was trying to cut the other and you hear Josh like hush like tones like almost whispering in the guy's ear you hear in the background you hear world star world star world star they were gonna fight you and you were like Josh don't <laughs> you were like no Dude, stop people talk about my impression of you is good that's a spot on Jeremiah <laughs> Josh, we can't be out here. What are you doing? It's 2.30 in the morning in New York City. Josh, you're like, Josh, don't. Josh, seriously. Dude, we're going to get pizza. God, don't do No. Can I just get a Coca-Cola? <laughs> I want a slice of white pizza. I just want a Mexican Coke. Don't hit me. Let's get into this final segment. Let's do it, brother. Sax Talk. Oh, Sax. All right, so Josh is going to share a story of a sexual encounter, and I'm going to play some sweet, sweet saxophone underneath, and I will follow you whenever you're ready, my friend. All right, let me think of the right one um, to do. Okay, I got a good one, because it goes with uh, tonight. So, I'm going to take you guys back to February of 1998. So, I'm working at uh, Mozzarella's The American Cafe, and uh, a buddy of mine works over at uh, this um, 
Holiday Inn, and he's a lifeguard. And he, I used to go over there when I got off work, working day shift, and I used to go uh, hang out with my friend Andrew. And while I was there, I met this very, very beautiful girl. She was one of the lifeguards. And immediately, her and I hit it off. So I got her number, and I set up a date that Friday night. So... I took her to the restaurant that was in Germantown, Maryland, that I felt was probably the most respectable, and I thought she would think, what a cool guy I am for taking her there. It was called Cafe Mileto. Ooh. So we go to Cafe Mileto, and what did I have to eat that night? What I usually ate there. Chicken Marsala. I don't know what she got, but I do remember us having dessert. Conversation's going good, and I say, let's get out of here. Let's go back to my parents' basement. She says yes, and we jump in my Jeep and drive over there. Now, I'm in my parents' basement, which was my hangout spot for me and my friends to smoke weed, but it also was my sex dungeon. Because it had a couch on there, and uh, it was in the basement. There was no real sex dungeon-y stuff about it besides that. So, she's laying on one side of the uh, L-shaped couch. It's, uh, you know, like with a big chase lounge. And she's laying on one section of the couch. I'm laying on the other. And there's so much sexual tension. So, she's waiting, and I'm waiting. We've been hanging out for three hours. She's ready for me to make a move. As we watch this movie, I start noticing I have to sneeze. And so, I sneeze. But at that exact moment, as I sneezed, I let out a loud-ass fart. And actually, it was more of like a, hit me with a, it was like a real, like a, thang. yeah, it was, it was bad. It was good, just like that. It was airy, too. But. And immediately, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. And I go, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. And she goes, what? You sneezed. God bless you. And I was like, all right. And we were back on until. She smelt the fart. And then that was it. She knew the fart came, and that means she was done. Never hung out with her again. Never had sex with her. But I wish her the best. And that was the night I farted my way out of some pussy. What were you doing in the basement, Josh? Never do that. Mom needs to shut up. Your mom's not very happy that you farted your way out of sex. Yep. (laughs) What if she was so dumb? She's like... Ah, your sneezes smell. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> You're like, please, 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 please let her think that my sneeze is Stinky sneeze, stinky sneeze, stinky sneeze, stinky. No, it was, uh, you knew it was a fart. God damn it. I mean, 
what are farts other than stinky butt sneezes? Butt sneeze, dude. It's just a butt sneeze, man. Yeah. They're involuntary. You can't help it. It's just a stinky sneeze, man. I forget what I that said. Stinky sneeze. Them stinky sneeze. Sometimes I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. Hey, Josh. How are you? You had, had so, so much, much fun, fun on Jeremiah Wonders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As he did that, my headphone went crazy. Hey man, um, do you want to plug anything? <laughs> um, yeah. If first of all, thank you for having me on, buddy. Of I course. love you so much. I'm so proud of you, dude. You're you're killing it. You're you're a star, and I love you to death. And this was a blast. And um, if you guys want to follow the podcast I was talking about, it's called The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. It's out on all platforms. Um, it's a record book club using Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Each week, me and my guest, uh, I give them an album. They listen to it for a week, and then we break it down, and I talk about art and life. I love it so much. Uh, go to uh, the500podcast.com for all things the show, joshadammyers.com, and Josh Adam Myers on social media. And he's already had Bill Burr on. He's already had Jim Jeffries on, Ryan Sickler. Who else have you Byron had Byron Bowers, Byron Kevin Nealon, Sklar Brothers, Sal Volcano. I've got Jason Momoa from Aquaman. God willing, if I can ever get him to sit down, but it's going to happen. And um, I've got some of the really big, big names coming up, man. And, and it's just, it's fun. And if you love music and you love comedy, it's a perfect combo. Heck yeah, dude. Definitely check that out. You're going to love it. I absolutely love this guy. Follow <laughs> everything that he does. And man, I, I can't tell you how much, uh, like how many memories and how many, how many great moments, uh, that I treasure that I've shared with you on and off the road Ditto, over man. the years. Ditto. And, uh, I'm excited to, you know, get some projects going with you and even bigger capacities down the road. You better keep your eye out, world. Keep we your got eye some out. stuff. We got some cooking. Oh, it's burning. It's burning. Oh, it's oh, oh, get it off. Get it off. Get the, get the place over. Love you, dude. I love you, too. Hey, everyone. Quick reminder to follow me on social media at Jeremiah Standup for exclusive Jeremiah Wonders clips. And if you haven't been to iTunes recently, rate and review to help your boy out. Five stars. Love you guys.